Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Coviello, and I want to thank you for returning to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. It is my pleasure this week to talk to you about Chapter 4 of the CEO's Compass, Purpose. Now, there are so many books and podcasts and courses, webinars, etc. on finding your purpose, but it is so critically important when it comes to the CEO's compass. Now, in the last chapter, chapter three, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, please go back. It is about peace of mind, the true north of the CEO's compass. And in my upcoming book later this year, The CEO's Compass, Getting You Back on Track, you're going to see that at the top of the compass, and we will have an infographic to share with you as well very soon, purpose is right next to peace of mind. It is one of those strategic elements that you really, really need to align on. And when I share this message, it is to CEOs and senior business leaders of organizations. But everything that I am sharing with you is equally applicable to anywhere in your career. Or if you're an entrepreneur working for yourself or a small business, it resonates so much with the work you're doing. And so what I'm going to do is just kind of touch on some key points of this chapter and would certainly love your feedback if this is resonating with you. We are still finishing up the book and editing it. And as I said, it'll come out later this year. But if there's something particular that you want more of or have particular questions, please feel free to reach out to us at dropinceo.com and we welcome your input. So let's just jump into here a little bit. And it's actually a summation of stories and experiences I've had that really really resonated with me from moving from a, I would say, a transactional leader to somebody that really started understanding the purpose, the outcome, and how it really is the core of everything that we should do. So let's just jump into it. So when we ask people to achieve a result, we only get a completed transaction and I would say a false sense of accomplishment. When we ask people to fulfill a purpose or an outcome, we bring people's minds and their creativities. And when we ask people questions about how do we achieve an outcome that fulfills a greater calling than simply a result, we open up infinite possibilities. And at at times, fulfilling a purpose can lead to greater results than telling people heads down and just get a result. And as you can see, there's a little bit of sarcasm in how I feel because there was one particular situation where, yes, there was a purpose, there was a strategy, but when a leader only says heads down so we can get the short-term results, I question that approach. And so Let's move into a particular example. I'll I'll go into this a little bit more deep 
directly. One of my experiences was I was aligning with a senior business leader on the five-year strategy and was really, really excited about it. And I talked about, well, how do we make sure that this is integrated into all the conversations we have with the people, whether it's our annual meeting or monthly management reviews or, you know, monthly one-on-ones with our people. We should be always talking about this. And while in essence, they did agree with me, I said, I need people to focus on the month-to-month results. I need them to focus on getting to the year-end outcome that we want. I'll worry about the strategy. And I said, oh, (laughs) I was a little taken aback by this, but obviously aligning with them, knowing that at least somebody is watching the strategy and the purpose uh, did at least give me some level of confidence, but I really left that conversation feeling like, something was missing, such a missed opportunity. And the reason why I say this leads me into another story as I, uh, and I'll be relating to you and all the other stories without having my own strategy, I did feel like the work that I was doing was only transactional. But as I was coming into my own and saying, you know, I have to find this purpose for myself and the organization, align it to the global strategy of the company, and then translate it into specific actions, pillars, tasks for my region, for my people and what we were doing. And I put together a very comprehensive strategy and I would say I'm quite proud of it. And the reason why I say this, and it's not egotistical, was then one of my colleagues from another region came to visit and learn what I was doing. I shared with them the strategy that I had developed for my region. And when they looked at this, they said, this is fantastic. I should be doing this for my region. And so I wonder how many missed opportunities are there in your leadership and and maybe not your leadership. I am sure you have a purpose well-defined and a strategy to achieve two, three, five, 10-year objectives. But do the people under you have that same tool in their toolbox? And if they don't, think about it. So let's talk about another story. I call it turning point leadership. In in one of my consulting experiences, I was working with a quality leader, and my task with them was to help them uh, rebuild their customer complaint management system such that it was much more collaborative and that we had more visibility. And ultimately, we were driving down the complaint metric and building customer satisfaction. And while that was the task at hand, I actually asked the leader, I said, well, what is it that you really want to achieve? What is the outcome? And they looked down and they said, you know, I am somewhat tired of always chasing customer complaints. And while individually there is some level of satisfaction when you resolve an issue with a customer, it's exhausting work. I'd rather be sitting with a customer talking about new opportunities and collaborating with them on how the two businesses will move forward together versus doing the activity-based work. And so ultimately, I said, well, then what is your purpose or outcome? And he relayed something to me that, you know, we would rather be in partnership with our customers and be the favorite supplier of choice. Now think about it. Think about that purpose or outcome they want to achieve, being the partner of choice and favorite versus I want to reduce the number of complaints and complaint management. That's a turning point for a leader. And if you've not had that experience of being able to realize 
what is the greater outcome of what we're trying to do to elevate our business, build meaningful relationships versus simply setting tactical goals for your people, I would suggest you're missing out on a tremendous opportunity. Now, there's always a caveat for this. Let's just say that you are in an organization that has a very clearly defined purpose and strategic plan, and you do cascade it down to your people and think that this is going to work. I will share with you, there are potential bumps in the road that you might want to think about. And I'll get into this in later chapters. I talk about these additional compass points that are starting to move from the strategic area down into the tactical. And it's that one of compass point past and compass point pride. And I'll go into it a little bit more, uh, understanding the past, the culture of the organization. It's so important to understand that and bring the best of that forward into your purpose and your plan, as well as the pride, which I call is the humanity and the intellectual property of the people, celebrating their gifts, acknowledging the human and what they have to contribute. You never know what when you might be able to use those talents, but simply giving time and respect to the people and what are the unique gifts is one way of building a lasting relationship, trust, and credibility. And once you have that, a celebrated culture, celebrating the people and their gifts on top of that, you can lead with purpose. And if you have skipped over those steps, people may nod their head and say, yeah, I'm aligned to your strategy. I understand your purpose. But when everything hits the ground running, you may find people resistant or not totally aligned. So just there's a word of caution in there. You need to satisfy the other compass points. Now, let's just talk about if this is still puzzling you about, well, of course I have a purpose. Of course we have the PowerPoint. We've talked about it at our annual meeting. I might share some things with you that might make you realize that maybe purpose is not clearly articulated, or even if it is articulated, it's only meaningful if people understand it and receive the message and be able to live and breathe that purpose as well. And so here's a couple things that might give you some visibility into has purpose really transcended the entire organization. So the first one I'd offer to you is the inability to articulate why you are doing what you're doing. Take the time to talk to your people and just ask them that simple question. Why are you doing this? What is the purpose of it? Another sign that you may see that is amiss in your organization is the inability of people to be able to explain the tactical work that they're doing and their alignment to the strategic objectives. If they can't draw that line or that connection, again, you're missing out on an opportunity. They are heads down, simply doing the work. Here's another one, and this is really important, and this is really speaks to critical thinking. People don't understand the purpose or can't articulate it when they don't have the ability to communicate their messages based on risk and impact of the greater cause. So if something is not right in a particular process or we're not meeting a metric, if they can't articulate why it's important to get it back on track. What is the risk and what is the impact of achieving the overall purpose or outcome? You've again missed another opportunity. And a few more things that I want to share with you that may be an indication that there's more work that needs to be done in cascading this in your organization is a lack of inspiration, people heads down, 
people just coming in and doing their work. They're not smiling. You can look at physical body language and get a sense if people are aligned, excited, and energized by the work you're doing. I, I suggest you look around and see that. And I don't mean to be a downer with all of this, but I think as a leader, it is important to pause and reflect and ask yourself these questions. And do you see things that are indicators? We don't have a well understood purpose in our organization, and there's still work to be done there. So, Let's talk about you a little bit, though, because we've been talking about you and the business that you may be in, but I also suggest there may be some work that you should do with yourself as well, because I think a strong leader needs to do some inner work as well, an understanding to think about your purpose, because once you're clear on your purpose and you've gone through that exercise, it becomes an easier exercise when you're trying to help it be well understood throughout your organization. So question number one. (laughs) Do you have a personal purpose statement or an outcome you'd like to achieve? Now I'll go first. Mine goes something like this. And again, it's around myself and my business, but the drop-in CEO wants peace of mind by achieving financial goals and doing purposeful work. So for me, I just want to serve. I want to do purposeful work and impact others and in the process achieve financial goals that will enable me to have peace of mind. And that is being able to spend the time doing the things that I want to, health, happiness, spending time with my family and community. That is my ultimate outcome of what I'm trying to achieve. Now, it doesn't say how much money I need to achieve, but it doesn't quite define the purposeful word because I'm still open to many possibilities. But at least I've taken the time to say anything that I do, the purpose is to have that financial peace of mind while doing purposeful work. So think about what is your personal purpose statement. And another thing you might want to think about if you do have that purpose, can you see it? Can you close your eyes? And uh, if you're driving, wait till you stop driving. Can you actually see it? Is it clear? Is it visible? Is there some kind of vision out there that you can close your eyes, take a deep breath, and clearly understand your purpose, doing purposeful work, and what brings you peace of mind? Make sure you spend some time doing that. Don't skip over it. If you do have it clear, perhaps write it down. It's often a good thing every once in a while to reflect on it, and it could even change. But writing it down gives you something to anchor onto, to be a guiding light, helpful in decision criteria on whether you should invest in something, take a new assignment, bring that person on board. Having that purpose really helps with some decision logic. So just think about it. So I'm going to kind of steer in another direction here. A quick story. I've been talking about this in the book a little bit, but you know, there was a time when I didn't have my purpose for the business that I was working in. And I talked about in the last chapter that I used the whiteboard. The whiteboard became my friend where I would put up uh, post-it notes and concepts and just all these different ideas about what is it that I saw in my future? What was the purpose? How was I going to lead my organization? Because at one point I was completely lost. And so All the ideas were up on the board. I brought people into my office to look at these different concepts. We circled things and it still didn't speak to me just yet. But I went to a place that helped me to think a little bit clearer and it's about running. (laughs) And I 
absolutely hate running. It is so hard for me to run. But I will tell you that once I get over that, say, one and a half mile mark and I get into what's called that runner's high, then all of a sudden the physical barriers of trying to run, evade, or go away. And I can actually start focusing and thinking and the chemistry in my head starts getting quite clearer. And what came to me after I would say a couple months of trying to find my purpose was this framework of one. Framework of one was one that spoke to me about having one team working in one way towards one goal. Everything was about unity and bringing everybody together as one. I was the senior leader of many different plants in North America, and every plant had its unique culture and people and resources and talent. But if I could bring the people together as one team working together to solve problems versus individuals, you get that synergy, align them on ways of working so that regardless of whether a customer is talking to one plant or other, the experience is the same. And when you harmonize the processes, if I need to move resources around due to vacancies or or adding resources, everybody understands the processes and then aligning everybody on the goal for that particular time. So the framework of one came to me after many months of being slightly lost, trusting the whiteboard to show me what the ultimate purpose was, and then allowing it to happen. And sometimes it doesn't come through brute force, but sometimes at moments of, I would say, clarity and emotion, sometimes your purpose comes to you. So that's my story, but let's just start bringing this in a little bit as we start thinking about how to build a strategy and a purpose. I hope that you do know how to build one and you have smart people around you that help build the purpose and, and strategy and then the tactical things for your team. But as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I ask you, do your people know how to do it? Do they know how to build a strategy and a framework for the work that they do, especially those people that are your managers and supervisors? If they don't know how to do it, please reach out to me. And as I finish the book, I will be having tools that will help you define how to build a strategy. It's really a a simple, I would say, 10-step approach. And if you can give people the tools to anchor onto to at least have a first draft and develop their own strategy, you will find a beautiful thing happen when people's sense of purpose elevates because they've taken the time to build one themselves building something themselves to move the needle, moving them from A to B. It's a beautiful thing if you give your people the tools to be able to create their own strategy. So stay tuned for the book. We're going to include those tools for you and your team if needed. But just a quick story about somebody, a a very talented individual who used to work for me in my organization. They prided themselves in being the best at being able to complete the number of customer requests for documentation and information month over month. But the person was getting very stressed because the workload was increasing and they started complaining a lot and getting very frustrated. But as we peeled back the layers here, I said, what is the purposeful work that we really should be doing? And she said, I should be really out there spending more time with the customers, building stronger relationships, having monthly performance reviews, working together on projects. I only do it on two or three accounts. 
I should probably be up to five to eight accounts. And so when we started diving into that, I said, well, how are you going to do that? And she said, I just need more resources to take some of this workload off. And I said, well, that's just part of it. I said, but we need a roadmap. We need a strategy to start identifying what are you doing now and what are those individual steps you need to take in order to go from what you're doing now to ultimately achieving that relationship building purpose with five to eight clients. And once we got through that strategic work, and yes, we still got her that resource to help get the work done, ultimately, she was able to spend more time with more clients, building those relationships, ultimately putting us in good favor as a core supplier. So those are just some quick examples that, you know, if you just pause and get people out of, I would say, the hamster wheel of measuring things based on short-term results, and again, you can hear I'm a little bit passionate about this, I think you're going to get the most out of your people. So I know I've talked a lot about purpose. I've given you some examples about lack of purpose if it's not in your organization. A little bit about the value of building that purpose into not only your business, but your personal life. It's really going to make a difference. And and I know you don't have to trust me, but I will tell you it has made a significant difference in my life. I've moved from being a corporate person to building a business. And oh my, if I didn't have a purpose statement and a strategy, I don't think I'd be here talking to you today. So I do want to thank you for participating in chapter four with me. Now, chapters five through 12 are going to unfold at a very rapid rate. We are going to go through the rest of the CEO's compass points. And there is so much that's going to be shared with you that I know it's going to help you if you continue to listen to every chapter that I'm sharing with you. So think about it the CEO's compass. Are you slightly off track? You're very successful. I know you are if you're listening to this now, but maybe you've lost your way. I suggest to you that maybe it's only one or two compass points that you're off. And if you follow the CEO's compass and the journey that I'm taking you through, I can assure you that you're going to get some tips and tricks that are going to help you personally, as well as the organization or businesses that you lead. And so I am grateful for you being on this journey with me. I'm Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners and also the Drop-In CEO. The CEO's Compass is my gift to you, and I hope that it does bring you peace of mind. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you in Chapter 5. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. For more information about our consulting or coaching services, please visit my website at dropinceo.com or visit our Drop-In CEO Facebook group to continue the conversation. Now go out, lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.